Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you, Father. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right, there are two thoughts I want to build on today and next Sunday. Uh, it is something the Lord laid in my heart. How to conduct yourself in the house of God. How to conduct yourself in the house of God. It's important for us to understand that the scriptures is a book of the Christian life. What it means is that when a man becomes born again, there is a way to live. That is how God wants us to live. So how to conduct yourself in the house of God. And, and, and this is really in my heart because as I travel to preach, one of the things that traveling, having to occupy those two roles of, of a traveling minister and also a pastor is that I, you know, I get to see a lot of things going on in the body of Christ. And when I get back, I, I, I pray over them. I pray over them. And sometimes it becomes of a very huge concern where the faith, the Christian faith is concerned. The first thing we have to understand is what is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of the church? Dr. Miles Monroe said that if the purpose of a thing is not known, come on, what is inevitable? Abuse is inevitable. So, have we really understood the purpose of the church? Why did God start the church? You know, go to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. That's our key text. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, verse 14 says, 1 Timothy 3, 14. It says, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. So Paul was, you know, Paul communicated with the churches through later writing. Now let me explain this. Uh, 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 Paul had to do that. It was as if Paul was pastoring the churches through letters. So he says, I plan to come, but uh, to come to you before long. Verse 15 now says, but in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth, of the truth. When you read some other translation, it says, I'm writing to you to know how to behave yourself in the house of God. Now, if you read the whole of this chapter, actually, it was talking about uh, the qualities for overseers, church elders, and deacons. But again, we find it instructive that there is a way that God wants us to conduct ourselves. And as I travel and preach across the body of Christ in and, in, in and around the country and outside the country, 
I realize that we have two extremes. We have an extreme where there was a lot of legalism, which is what most of us grew up knowing. And then we now have an extreme within the Pentecostal faith, which is uh, excessive, excessively liberal, where there seems to be no order where the house of God is concerned, where uh, we've almost lost a sense of reverence where the things of God are concerned. Our church, either because of culture or as the Lord has helped us by His grace, there's, there's a lot of attention paid when the word is being taught. And it's amazing that as you travel across the body of Christ, uh, you find that some churches are not cultured that way. Not even trained to receive the word. And some people don't know how to conduct themselves in the house of God. And so therefore it becomes important that we examine from the scripture how we should conduct ourselves when we come to the house of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 1 says something there. Go, to, go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 1. Interestingly, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Guard your steps. It says, Guard your steps as you go to the house of the Lord. Guard your steps. It says, look, look at the next line. Draw near to listen. Draw near to listen. Draw near to listen. He says, rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know they are doing evil. He says, when you go to the house of the Lord, he says, guard your steps. And your purpose of going to the house of God should be to draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. Who is a fool? A fool is a man who lacks knowledge. He says they do not know that they are doing evil. You must understand that we cannot serve God on our own terms. You know, he, you know of course, this was in the Old Testament. And uh, in the Old Testament, there, there was prescription on how the sacrifices were to be offered. Uh, how many of you remember the story of David and the, and the cart, right? God had told them that the act of God must be carried on the shoulders of the priest. David thought he could modernize it. So he took, uh, built a new cart and put the ark of God. And Uzzah touched the ark, wanted to help to stabilize the ark. <laughs> and, he, and he died. And the Bible says, David says, we did not consult him after the due order. How do we conduct ourselves when we come to the house of God? And one of the things that have not helped us as pastors is this thing of we want to get the crowd. We want people to be okay. So we, we almost massage people's ego in the church because we don't want them to live. Because again, I say, we judge ourselves by how many number of people are following us. And so you realize that it's almost like the crowd is controlling the church. So if the crowd says the services are too long, we reduce them. If the crowd says, and everything, before you know, 
Or we are not able to say, this is how God wants to be served. And I just feel that we need to all return back to the Bible and allow the Bible be our guide. And choose whether we're just in this thing for fame, for popularity, for convenience sake, or we really want to serve God the way God wants to be served. Do you have the amplified version? You can put that up. It says, guard your steps. Guard your steps. Amplified version. Guard your steps and focus on what you are doing. Keep your foot. Give your mind to what you're doing. And when you go as Jacob to the sacred Bethel to the house of God, for to draw near to hear and obey is better than to give the sacrifice of fools. How did he define the sacrifice of fools? Careless. Irreverence. No reverence. He says, when you, he says, focus. Focus. Give your mind to what you're doing. That means that we do not come to the church without our mind. We're not careless. We're not irreverent. You're not in church thinking of what to eat after church. You're not in church thinking of the contract you're going to sign. It's, an, it's, it's a sacrifice of a fool. Your mind is not on what you're doing. You know, it, it's like... Sorry, I'm going to say some things, but... Just bear with me. You know, it's like you find some people leave their house and they come to church and then they sleep. And you're wondering, how can that happen? There are cases where I know people have worked and walked and walked and walked. It should be rare. If it's normal, then there's a problem. You can't bring your tired body. You see, let me tell you something. As we go on, you'll find out. The, the church is a place of education. So your mind has to be very alert as the teaching is going on. That's why we encourage people to write. That's why we encourage you to have church notes. That's why we do what we do. What did you learn from last Sunday? That's how a church is. That's the normal church. The normal church is a place of education. Praise God. It's a place of education. I forgot I wanted to bring some of my diaries here. I, I've got my church diaries from 1999, 2000. I've got all my diaries before I started writing on that. All my church diaries, all my church notes. Well kept. There is a way to go to church. There is a way to conduct yourself in the house of God. Keep your food. Give your mind to what you're doing. When you go as Jacob to sacred Bethel. What does Bethel mean? Bethel is the Hebrew word for the house of God. To the house of God. For to draw near, to hear and obey is better than to give the sacrifice of fools carelessly and irrelevant. Too ignorant to know that they are doing evil. They are even too ignorant to know that they are doing evil. They don't know how to conduct themselves in the house of God. And most times, believers aren't taught this. Because we just assume that people know. Praise God. Are you still here? Alright. 
Let me show you uh, 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 the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 7. Paul had to warn them about their conduct in the house of God. 1 Corinthians 11. You know, the, the Corinthian Christians, they, they did not lack behind in any gifts. They have spiritual gifts. <laughs> I was teaching in a church in Lagos. By the way, uh, thank you for all those who, who pray, pray for our trips. Had a very good meeting in Lagos. And I was teaching on spiritual growth. And I was telling them that the possession of, of spiritual gifts does not mean spiritual maturity. It's the administration of the gifts that means maturity. Alright? So if you have a prophet who is using his prophetic gifts to destroy homes and scatter people's homes, he's not a, he's not a mature prophet. He's immature. Because the gifts of the spirit are not given to destroy, it's to edify. And unfortunately, these are the things that the body of Christ celebrates. The immature use of the prophetic gifting. Okay, let's leave that. Let's go on to 1 Corinthians 11. So I said that to say that the Corinthian church had all the gifts of the Spirit. They were not lacking behind in any gift. But their behavior was not right. So Paul had to address it. Addressed it concerning the, 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 the communion. But let's read. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. All right. But in giving this instruction, I do not praise you. <laughs> he was Paul writing. Because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. He says, I'm not, I'm not praising you here. I said 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 17. He says, I'm not praising you. He says, because when we come together, we're not coming together for the better, but you're coming together for the worse. Which means that our gathering together, praise God, should be for the better. It means when we come together as Christians, as the saints of the Lord, it should be for the better. He says, I'm not giving you this instruction. I'm not praising you in giving you this instruction. He says, because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. You know, sometimes people say today, and eh, the church of Jesus Christ, you know, and they complain about the church. If you read the Bible, you will know that the church has always had issues. There is no perfect church that you are going to join. And in fact, any church that you join, because you have joined them. You. Because you carried yourself and joined them. You have added another level of imperfection to the church. You know in the first church, Acts chapter 6, their first quarrel was over food. Sharing of food. If I tell you how many how many quarrels take place after love feast? Huh? You'll be amazed. How many quarrels take place after love feast? And I'll talk about that. You know, people, you know, in church, people can have their people. Huh? When they are serving food, we'll get there. And that's the house of God. Where you ought to be brothers and sisters. Lawfists. You've turned into a political party. So you, you are connected. He's saying in the church, I have connections in the church. You know, somehow, unfortunately, we also bring this Nigerian corrupt mindsets into the things of God. 
your brother and your sister in the faith should have the same place in your heart. When, we, when you walk through that door, we are equal in the sight of God. Whether you're a millionaire or you're a non-Iranian, we're equal. God sees us perfect in His sight. Let's, let's see how they were behaving for communion. This was church. So don't think that it's only our church that have issues. This is Corinthians church in the Bible. Paul says, in giving this instruction, I do not praise you. Because you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Verse 18, for in the first place, when you come together as a church, so the church must come together. The gathering of the church is paramount. I'll spend time to teach on this. I hear that divisions exist among you. And in part, I believe it. This was Paul writing to a church in the Bible. He said, I hear that there are divisions among you. He says, and I believe it. <laughs> for there for them must also be factions among you, so that those who are approved may become evident among you. Verse 20. Therefore, when you meet to, together, it is, it, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper first, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. This is, <laughs> this is also happening. You know, when, when they, meet, they meet for fellowship. So when they meet for the Lord's Supper and the Lord's Feast, and they come together, the scripture says, let's put one another ahead. That's, that's how we ought to conduct ourselves in the house of God. He says, but one will come and take his supper first and eat. The other one will take the communion wine. And the man will just be sipping and be sipping and be sipping and be sipping. Before you know, he is under the influence, not of the Holy Spirit. And, and it was supposed to be communion. And you know, today it can take place. You can go to a church where food is made available and say, oh, at the end of the service, let's have uh, meals go around. You will realize that some people are well fed. And some, nothing got to them. For in eating, each one takes his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. And Paul had to rebuke this behavior in the house of God. Then look at what he says. Verse 22. What? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? He had to ask them. You know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you will be amazed. It's not today. Right? Don't you have houses... So he was trying to tell them that the purpose of the communion and the love feast was not for you to be full. It was for us to do what? To share fellowship with one another. What you should even do is that if the things cannot go round, you share what you have with your brother. That's what he's supposed to Not to show how, how much of a wise guy you are. Is when you go to parties, you can do that, but not the house of God. You are not to partake of the law feast to show how much you can take afterwards. 
Now, I'm not saying this now. When we now say we have love, we say you want to say, I don't want anything. I don't want to say, say you. Because I don't want. No. Again, that's not how to behave in the house. Do you understand this? But we're looking at the Bible. Can you see Paul addressing this? So Paul says, what, do you not have houses in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? Because they were to bring, like we do here sometimes. We say, oh, well, let's get things together. Bring whatever you can, uh, and we will have a meal together. That's actually the true communion. Bring what you have, and they will eat together. And some people couldn't bring anything much. They'll bring something very little. Then the guys who brought the main food, we say, that one is my own. And they will eat and despise their brother who didn't bring anything. He says, are you doing this to shame to despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing. So Paul says this was not a conduct for the house of God. That in the house of God we do not live to shame those who do not have. And we must be careful of that. You know, we must be careful in the house of God that there is no rich and poor in our attitude. Only the rich people get positions in church. When rich people break the law, nobody talks to them. Why? Because they are founders. When you walk through that door, it's not about what you have materially. Put that outside. The world can respect that. But in the house of God, everybody is a believer equal in the house of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There should not be special seats for rich people. Special positions for rich people. Committee that only the rich are. And because we've taught certain things that have skewed our mind in this direction. See where uh, you can have an idea, but it is who have the power to back the idea that is really... And then we bring all those political things into the house of God. And sometimes all you have to be to be a leader in the house of God is just have a bit of money. And all the qualifications... In the book of Titus and in Timothy, we don't pay attention to that. It shouldn't be. Listen, if you do that, you are despising the church of God and you're shaming those who have nothing. Maybe as ushers, whatever example I give today, nothing personal, just the word of God. So receive it in a good faith. Maybe as an usher, you know that this brother has money. Right? And he, the brother would always tell you, this is where I want to sit. And you do that. But if somebody else you know does not have, tells you this guy, says, not like that in our church. Not like that in our you, you, you have It's the car you are respecting. You're not respecting their choices. You're despising the church of God. And you're shaming those who have nothing. See, this respect for money has to die out there in the world. And we don't bring it to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you also have your own money, pack it with your car pack. When you walk through those doors, you see everybody as a brother and as a sister, equalized by the blood of Jesus. There are no special prayers for the rich. That's why everybody in the church is desperate to make it so that even in the pastor's life, he can, have good, you know, the, he can be in the good books of the pastor. So how do we conduct ourselves in the house of God? First of all, when we walk into the house of God, everybody is equal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you walk into the house of God, what did I say? Everybody is equal. What equalizes us? 
the blood of Jesus. We give honor to those whom honor should be given. But, and, and you know, that's what started creeping into church. Huh? When governors come, what do we do? We give them the mic. Praise the name of the Lord. If a governor walks into this church today, we would honor the person as the governor of the states because the scripture says for us to respect those in authority but that's where it ends he doesn't have to say anything how many people have come into the church and we give them mic to say something a celebrity gets born again instead of him to go to discipleship school and be discipled we'll give him mic to share his testimony what testimony is he sharing what does he know about the faith And you know, Christians can be easily deceived. When they want to make money from us, they'll say, oh, I'm born again. They'll just release a song. Born again, born again, I'm born again. And choir will just speak and say, ah, <laughs> a hip-hop artist just got born again. We will sing and then two years down the line, two years down the line, the man will say, I'm not too sure. I'll tell you a true story. Uh, what's this rapper's name now? No, no, not, not, not recently. Uh, is it Will Smith? Is there any rapper like Will Smith? No, not recently, like way back. No, hold on. I, I'm seeing his face. He's got this. <laughs> I'm in the prophetic now. I can see his face. <laughs> ah, I need to remember this name. He has this very baby face kind of name. Mace. Mason, Mason Betha, right? Mace. You know, Mace got converted. See, when we were listening to rap, you were no born. <laughs> Mace, Mason Beth, I remember. He, he, he got converted. And then he even started a church. He was mentored by Creflo Dollar. Started a church. Preached in a couple of conferences. And not quite long. They decided, this is not working. Yeah, and I wanted to give you that story. I didn't want to just give you the story of somebody who just sang. No, he had a church. Go online, read about it. And you know what I feel? Was he genuinely born again? Yes. But his discipleship process was rushed. Christian faith is based on conviction. And conviction, my friend, takes time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Conviction is by indoctrination. It takes your mind. That is why you see today when we go through little challenges, somebody will recommend you to a herbalist and recommend you to a prophet and recommend you. It's even in the church. People know where things are working. Say, Alpha, what's going on with this your situation? And I say, ah, I'm still trusting God. You say, no, no, it's not like that. Say, it's not like that. And, and from there, you'll be introduced to, to people you are wondering, how did they know these people? He said, no, it's not. Say, you pray small, you, you use your hand to, is to find solution. That's why, you know, sometimes testimonies, we really need to be sure. Because some of the testimonies we share is only God that knows the truth. Say, so I want to thank God, I just bless God, the way God did this, God, he said, hey, hey, pastor, pastor, pastor. I was not, and what do I know? Since I'm not seeing now, eh, uh-huh. Thank God. Okay. So, what's the purpose of the church? 
The key purpose of the church is a place where learning takes place. That's the purpose of the church. A place of education, a place of teaching, a place of equipping. The Christian life is built on knowledge. Please write that down. The Christian life is built on knowledge. Child of God, why did Job say, even though he slay me, yet will I trust him? What did Job say? He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. It was not a sticker he bought in church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was not a t-shirt. That challenge you're going through, if it takes you 30 years to come out, will you still maintain your faith? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are there things you have told yourself, I cannot do, I'm a child of God? And you know, I've always taught you here, righteousness does not mean you immediately be promoted. Sometimes righteousness will mean that you will lose your job. Hello? I know you, you might not like to hear that. But was Joseph promoted? When was he promoted? After? After long suffering. I like that. Eh? First righteous act. Where did he take him to? Prison. Straight. Direct route to prison. Was the first righteous act. How many of you think you would have still heard your faith if you did the right thing and you were sent to prison? How many of you think so? A, a little trial, a little trial, and your faith is already shaking. A little thing, you're already depressed. A little thing, you're already discouraged. <laughs> Conviction. The apostles counted it joy, a thing of joy that they were beaten for the sake of the gospel. Do you think they were, if they were not convinced, they would go through that? You know, we don't suffer persecution here. Hmm? Uh, Christianity is free. Some of us will not thrive as Christians in areas where we are persecuted. Because the conviction we have of the Christian faith is not up to that. You know, Daniel Chidrak and Meshach and Abednego, you know if it was today, They'll share testimony about the king's palace. Say, praise the Lord. We were one million slaves taken to Babylon. They just chose ten of us. I thank God for the grace of God at work in this commission. To eat with the king. And you go tap into that grace, tap into that grace. And then when you say, bow down huh, to the golden, this thing. So when I say, where? Uh, let me just lace my shoe. I'm not buying that. My heart is standing straight to God. It's only my head that is buying that. I, I mean, you say it's wisdom. You find excuse around it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the story happened one time when there was a, the crisis in Worry then uh, between the Shekris and the robot. 98, 90, 97, 98, 99, when it, at the heat of the crisis. And uh, there was a place close to our house. The military was there. So they told everybody to raise their hands. If you're walking past, to raise your, their hands. There was this woman that was coming. <laughs> she just said, I'm not raising my hand to man. I'm raising it to Jesus. I'm raising it. <laughs> In my mind, I said, if you like, don't raise. They will flog. They will renew your age. Are you here? You know, we would have done that. I'm not buying to this God. I'm buying my heart. My heart is bad. I would have bought. See, there are stands you would take 
that on this earth realm, there will be no rewards. As a Christian, you have to think that way. Our desire to make the world like us is what is causing compromise. It's okay to be hated for righteousness' sake. You, 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 must, you must develop that mind. That I'm standing for what is right. And the consequences might not be an earthly reward. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Alright. I used to say this. People don't like me using this example. But I, 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 I could say it. Because my parents are teachers. And I grew up in that environment. You realize. I'm not saying teachers should not be well paid. But you realize that when teachers actually mentally believed. <laughs> how many of you know they used to say teachers reward is in heaven? How many of you? Yeah way back. You know, when teachers actually saw that as their mandate, there was a way they approached teaching. But today, hmm? you know, there's a grace to actually teach children because you really want them to learn. Or there's a thing about you are in school because you are waiting for the real job. So the students become a nuisance to you. <laughs> My wife showed me something about a child that... <laughs> <laughs> they were asking the plural of water. <laughs> Some of you have watched it, eh? And the teacher flogged the child in front when you hear the sound of the thing. So they asked the guy, what's the plural of water? He said, water, water. Water, water. <laughs> I mean, with fear and trepidation. All right. So, <laughs> so you find that as a Christian, there are certain things in this earth realm you should not try to get as reward. Man cannot reward righteousness. Rather, man will fight righteousness. Let me tell you something. If you stay in that your office and say you will not steal, you are the one that everybody will say they should sack. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you are where you are today because you have compromised. If you really stood by your faith, you will not be there. Am I saying your life will not be better? I don't know. But I'm trying to tell you that comfort is not the proof that you are doing the right thing. Sometimes, comfort is the proof that you have adapted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Does God bless? Yes, absolutely. We know how the story of Joseph did what? Ended. But he got into that place without any iota of compromise. Let's get back here. Go to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 quickly. How to conduct yourself in the house of God. Hebrews 10 25. It says, verse 24 says, and let us, okay, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I like this. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Verse 25. Not forsaking our own assembling together. He says, as in the heartbeat of some. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So Paul tells us that people had the habit of forsaking the gathering of themselves together. Now, I, I said this in my note. The gathering of the saints is not a suggestion, but an obligation. In fact, we are warned not to neglect the gathering of ourselves together. Okay? 
Now, go to the Amplified Version. I need to check your Amplified, which of them you're using. But go to the Amplified Version of that same Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Look at this. It says, Not forsaking or neglecting the assemble together, to assemble together as believers, as in the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. But Amplified has says, not forsaking meeting and meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. For worship and instruction. So the two reasons the Bible says we should gather together, two things, is worship and instruction. Now, before the Holy Ghost fell, in Acts chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, Jesus instructed them to gather. Jesus instructed them to gather. Acts chapter 1, 13 to 14. And when they had entered, they went up the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord. Pay attention there. One accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So his mother also had to gather. His mother had to gather. There is something about the gathering of believers. You see, the first thing we must do in our life is to prioritize our gathering. You see, online is not an option. There is the gathering of believers. That is not a suggestion, but an obligation. It's a commandment. Luke chapter 4 verse 16, please. Go with me to Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth. Now, Nazareth, where he was raised, where he had been brought up. Look at this. As and as was his custom, as was his habit, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Jesus had a habit of going to the synagogue. If we were the ones, would we go to the synagogue? Jesus had the habit of going to the synagogue. Luke chapter 19. Let it not, let's not see you on Wednesday and we are wondering what is wrong. You know, there's, <laughs> you know, there's whatever you see on Wednesday and where you are preaching and say, hey, I hope everything is okay. Because it's rare. In fact, some people have made up their mind. Wednesday, I stream. Sunday, I show up. No. No. There is the gathering of believers. You see, that sacrifice you're giving, let's just use the word, that sacrifice you're using to gather is your show of faith. Christianity was never designed to be convenient. That's the truth. You know, most times they invite me to do a lot of teaching online. And I tell them, I, I really don't like it. Because, you know, you have network issues, this one, that, I mean, all kinds of stuff. It's not an environment for impartation. Paul says, I want to see you that I might impart to you spiritual gifts. Now, he could have written those gifts in later, but he said, I want to see you. There's something about the gathering of believers. Acts chapter, sorry, Luke 19, 47. Look at Jesus. And he was teaching daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the leading men among the people were trying to destroy him. He was teaching daily at the temple. 
So it wasn't convenient for Jesus going to the temple knowing that the priests, the scribes, and the leading men wanted to destroy him. That is the environment in which Jesus did ministry. Listen to me. Serving God has never been convenient. Take it out of your mind. And in an attempt to make serving God convenient is how we have diluted the faith, diluted the word. So, the average believer believes he is more sanguine than spirit-filled. Huh? He believes he is more choleric. So, when he misbehaves, he says, I'm choleric, I'm choleric. You are misbehaving. What is the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit cannot change you, why do you have the Holy Spirit? And Christians are more aware of psychology than the Word of God. So somebody's misbehaving, he says, because I'm phlegmatic. Move, let's get the kingdom work done. He said, don't you know I'm phleg? <laughs> huh? And then, in marriage seminars, we won't teach the word of God. So the man keeps misbehaving. He says he's choleric. Then after many years, we start speaking English. After we have gone through therapy, and counseling, we now discover that we are incompatible. You're not listening to the inward witness. That's not what you're listening to. You're listening to, and then you even see some believers say that they are not only flag; they are they are they are Leo. Hmm? So you'll be reading zodiac signs. The scripture says he that is in Christ is a new creature. No, you are sanguine and uh, and Pisces. You you are fish. Fish that God says you have dominion over. You know, no. Say so, our relationship doesn't always work, you know, because in August, Leo's always make mistakes. Okay. Be Leo there now. You're destroying your life through vain knowledge. Why did the Holy Spirit come? And, and listen to me. I, I was speaking to a pastor friend of mine very late yesterday night, and I have to tell him that, listen, we need to return the Bible back to the pulpits. And stop all these psychological, motivational teachings that we're ditching out from the pulpit where we're not training believers in the Word of God. We need to get back to the Word. We need to open the Bible again and read and believe the Bible for what it is. Praise the name of the Lord. You are not sanguine. You are not you. You are not pieces. You are not whatever. Capricorn, you are not. You are a spirit-filled, born-again child of God. A new creation in Christ Jesus. Created unto good works. Meditate on who you are in Him. You are blameless, perfect, loved, complete in Him. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why we have those natural knowledge, it must not overrule what the Word of God says about us. So, and he was teaching daily in the temple. Acts chapter 17, verse 2. Just to show you that he gathered daily. Acts chapter 17, verse 2. And, and, and Paul, as his manner was, or custom, you see that about Paul again, custom, as his manner was, or his custom was, what happened? He went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scripture. So Paul had an, uh, a custom of going to the Sabbath, uh, sorry, to the synagogue. And what did he do with them from scripture? Reasoned. I wanted to uh, note the choice of words. 
reason with them from scripture. So, so the, the concept of the synagogue and the concept of the church was a place of reasoning, explanation of scriptures. It wasn't just a place where I receive, I receive, shout yay, shout me, shout over, shout over. No, that was not the concept. That's not the concept. That's not a concept. You know, there's a lot of Americanized concepts, Western concepts that infiltrated the church that also tampered with the structure of the church. You see, the church is more Jewish, is more, the church is more Middle Eastern than America. What, what is even close a lot to church culture is more what you have in the Middle East than what you have on Hollywood. It's a culture of family, culture of, of instruction, a culture, a culture of indoctrination. And that's why you see that the approach that the, the Muslims use in teaching the Quran is different from the approach we use in church. When we, and and we'll, go, we'll continue with this on Sunday, wherever I stop, we'll continue with this on Sunday, uh, picking very strategic lessons from Berean believers. But you realize that, he said they were reasoning from Scripture. The way the Muslims teach their children was the way the Jews taught their children. By the age of 12, they should have known the, the, the books of Moses. Alright? They have memorized the Torah, no whole huge portion of the Torah, because the faith was built on conviction. You know, but us, our children... Uh, uh, children church they first of all watch uh, cartoon cartoon with biscuits and a drink and you know children come to church and they are loaded with accessories even you the children teacher that's why your heart because you are looking at you and say hey hey how can watch you are looking at the drink like this I know those children. They can even ask you, do you want? Oh, but I don't have... They will not tell you, I don't have extra for you. And in your heart, say, Lord Jesus, redeem me. <laughs> eh? Loaded. Loaded. Then when they get to some years, they are singing this little light of my... I'm going to let this... And then they are acting angel, acting Jesus. They will act drama, drama till they go to the university. Meanwhile, the average Muslim by the age of 10... Listen to me. You can't change that person from their faith. They, are, they don't. It's not about. It's indoctrination. It is first. I am a Muslim before I'm anything. It is not. I am something. Then I'm. In, you understand what I'm saying? Go to Abuja on Friday. It is shut down. Even you, you know your Muslim colleagues. They don't talk much. But if they want anything to be done for them. You will do all the VG, do all this one. Isn't it because they know that you are not serious? They know that you are not serious. I don't think there is any Muslim at the height of leadership who will put a management meeting for the hour of mosque. We not try it. Even you will say, we know they will not come. But you, on Sunday, will pay times two. And I say, Pastor, send me the account details. You know, for us, once you put account details, you have fulfilled all righteousness. No. 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 Had a custom of going to the Sabbath. Don't have a habit of missing church. Learn it. It should not be your manner. Let me tell you, we all have excuses not to be in church. 
If you want to look for excuses, there will be multitude of excuses not to be in church. Acts chapter 3 verse 1. The apostles went to... Go to Acts 3 verse 1. Right? We're going to continue to build this. But are you learning something this morning? Yeah. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour. The hour of prayer. So even the disciples, when Jesus left, they respected the hour of prayer. Now I want to tell you something. Do you realize that all these times they were going to the temple and the synagogue, they already knew that God was done with that system. But they respected it. They went for the hour of prayer. The disciples that Jesus trained. And let me tell you, as they were going for the hour of prayer, it wasn't necessarily that they were the ones leading the prayer. It wasn't Peter and John that were necessarily doing what? Leading. But they submitted themselves to that faith. So, you are not... So, the first thing you do is you mark out your time of gathering. That's the first conduct. Is it because we cannot talk about conduct in the house of God when you are not even present. You have to show up first before we talk about how to conduct. In fact, those who were eating and getting drunk during the communion, at least there were people to correct. They showed up. Don't have a manner of neck. Don't choose meetings. It is not. It is not in your place to choose which meeting to attend. And let me tell you something. You know, for us, even as a ministry, we don't do a lot of meetings. We don't do a lot of conferences. We have just two meetings in a week. Now, you realize that over time. Right? How many of you got born again way back? That church used to be every day. Who, who had that experience? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Church used to be every day. That is scripture. Scripture actually is that our gathering should be daily. Go and read Bible. Study for yourself. Paul reasoned daily. Jesus went to the temple daily to teach. You saw the scripture we just read. This is daily. Because you are bombarded by the word daily. You need to be renewed daily. You see, you cannot bet conviction once a week, one hour, 40 minutes. How many of us attended School of Doctrine? Right? School of Doctrine. Yeah. I taught for two hours, 15 minutes. Right? Those who attended School of Doctrine, what was the feedback? What was the most prominent feedback we had? The time was not enough. That is, that is proper church. Hmm? Today, all kinds of activity, testimony, uh, women, uh, women dance, uh, let the youth come and present something, the starlight group drama, two hours, everything is compressed. Then, under 40 minutes, you are giving a motivational message, an exhortational message. And Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. I don't care what you are going through this morning, you are going over. I say you will go over. I say you will go over. For four days. Then, you now go out in the world. What, how does that build your faith? Eh? How does that build your faith? And then as you go out there, you have seen, you are hearing all kinds of things, you are seeing all kinds of things, secular music is being played, fear is coming to your heart, all kinds of story, all kinds of... And then you take, if you, listen, if you compute your church time where you are taught the word of God, if you compute it and put it against all other activities, you realize that you're taught the word of God one hour. One hour four times a month. That's four hours. Midweek, one hour. That's eight hours, right? In a month. Am I right? Okay. How many hours do we have in a month? Quick math. Huh? 
24 times times 31. Quick maths. I didn't do, do maths in school. Quick maths. What would that give us? Okay, give us a rough estimate. 744 hours. So, let's... Uh, don't worry, don't argue. Don't worry. There's no... Let's say 744 to 7... 740 to 744 hours. Let's even say 700 hours. With that, you 44. 700 hours minus... How many hours have we calculated? 8 minus 700 hours. What would you have? 600 and what? 92 hours. <laughs> okay, 690. 692. Okay. See the ratio. And you know out of this 692, you are not listening to message. And even if you are listening to message, you are listening to message and walking. So you are not hearing all the message. There is no attention. So you can just see that in real sense, the, so you cannot imagine somebody who now shows up only two Sundays in a month. No midweek. So it's two minus 700. So <laughs> that one is not even failure. You know, there's a way you can say somebody has failed. That one, <laughs> that one is to just say sorry from the look of things. Let's assume that you did not even enroll in this school. Because you, there's, no, there's no how to manage your pass mark. And there are people who will go a whole month. I'm not talking about online service. Where you are streaming and you are eating carrots. Are you following this? You are streaming, you are not taking notes. How many of you take notes during your online meetings? Eh? And sometimes network would, you know, will go off. Sometimes your child will call you. Message is not even coordinated. Eh? And those online services are very funny. Not that you can just mute me and put me in your bedroom. And go to the kitchen. Say, hey, message is, oh, I will listen again. That's the end. Gone. So, in conducting ourselves in the house of God, the first priority is what? Getting in the house of God and making it part of our lives. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? So, your default should not be to miss church. If we don't see you gather with the believers, and this is not just about church, zonal meetings, where believers are gathering, you have a responsibility to do what? To gather. Are you still here? Alright. Now, I'm going to, uh, if I go on these thoughts, I will be going to something else. So, I'm going to pause here, so that I'll continue from here on Sunday. Yeah, I'll pause here. I don't want to go into the next thought, so that we'll pick up the next thought on Sunday. But look at this. In conducting ourselves in the house of God, the gathering is priority. So you factor that into your life. Now, we talked about the, um, our brothers in the Muslim faith, right? So it is not that church is optional. You don't have a manner of forsaking the assembly as some. So there are some who forsake the assembly. That is their manner. No, you don't have that manner. The manner or the habit you have is like Jesus, you show up in the temple. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, like I said, in those days that church used to be daily, people went there. People went there. Huh? 
In those days, you'd have Monday prayer meeting, Tuesday evangelism class, Wednesday Bible study, Thursday uh, something, something, Saturday choir practice, and some people I never every day they went to church. Left for this generation, we will cancel church entirely. And we have our reasons. And how many people are going to church are really changed? It is even Christians who are going to church that are very wicked. So I ask you, are you a Christian? Say yes. Do you go to church? Say yes. Are you very wicked? He said no. Okay. Good. So all of us are very wicked. We come to church, we are very wicked. You are the one that's not wicked. That is why God brought you to this church. So that you will live and show us how not to be wicked Christian. So show up. Ah, I go to that church. There is no love. Even in my town's meeting, there is love. Do you have love? Yes. That's why God brought you here. To show us how to have love. And that church, I don't really like it. The, we're not serving you. You're not God. It's not your personal preference that governs the church. It's God's instruction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes when we talk about the reason why we don't like church, you would, you would, sometimes you would hardly hear about the word. It will all amount to what? You see, the only reason someone should not be comfortable in a church is where the word of God is not being accurately taught. That's, on, that's the only reason. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, when they left Jesus and, and Jesus told Peter, uh, won't you also go away? What did Peter say? He said, to whom shall we go? For you have the word of truth. The word is the anchor. And that's why you see that when people come in church because of the word, they remain. You don't come to church because you can get a job. Then you just smile, look at the compound. See that car? Okay. Looks like you have 27 sticker. Then they now ask you. How did you come here? Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit just told me as you enter, I found my home. Just say sticker that brought you. Then after two months, nobody gives you a job. You start harassing. Praise the Lord. I think the house of God, one person cannot have, and another person does not have his hand, wash hand, that all of us will become clean. The scripture says you are clean by the washing of the word. It didn't say hand, wash hand. It's the word of truth. I, and people get offended. Instead of learning the word of God and putting faith to work in your life, you get offended. And people go to church for all kinds of reasons. All kinds of reasons. But there must be only one reason why you go to church. It's to learn the word of God. And let me tell you, if you learn the word of God properly, every other thing in this life will be added to you. If you learn the word of God properly. You would have faith for finances. You would have faith to overcome challenges. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Once you have the word of God, you see your life begin to go further. 
So we prioritize the gathering of the believers. Because until we gather, we can know how to conduct ourselves. So gathering is not optional. Train your children that way. Set that up in your mind. Gathering is not optional. In fact, many times when I travel out of the country, maybe I go for meetings, right? And I'm not preaching. It's happened to me a couple of times and I'm not preaching. It's a struggle for me to travel on Sunday morning. It's just a struggle. There are times I've had to move my ticket just to fellowship. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, I'm used to preaching Sunday, so. But I, I just want to fellowship. I, I, I just want to be among believers. When you are considering relocation, when you are considering moving to any city, your first priority should not be do they have light. Your first priority is your spiritual life. Is there a place I can fellowship? Is there a place I can be taught God's word? Praise the name of the Lord. That's, that's how a believer thinks. You prioritize the word. You, you know, sometimes we are so concerned about our personal comfort. We're not even concerned about how our children are being raised up in the word. If, you know, and, and you know what we tell ourselves? Church is church. Anywhere you go, you are also worshiping God. Okay. And then after 10 years of Christianity, you realize you are more ignorant in the doctrine of Christ. There is a hunger and a famine of the word of God in this generation. And you must not be one of those Christians that is shallow-minded. It's good to get into the word of God. And if there's a resolve I've made, is to teach the word of God. Teach the word of God. Teach the word of God. In one of the conferences I preached before I came, I mean, uh, what I thought was simple what I thought was simple. But when you see the response of the people, I was just like, God, have mercy. Have mercy. These are foundational truths that believers should be grounded with. And isn't it, isn't it amazing? Today you can, you, can, you can randomly pick a believer and just tell them, explain what justification means in the scripture to me. And all they will just tell you, so I'm justified in Christ. We are not arguing who you are in Christ. I'm saying explain it. And no, no, some will have no clue. All, and we'll talk about that next Sunday, all people think about church now is how to receive. Hmm? And we start hearing words. I want to have an encounter with God. Hmm? All I just need for this life is God to bless me. All you need. And you see, when you read the scriptures and you read the epistles, there was, they, they never got that for those minds. In fact, let me tell you this and we we'll wrap up. You know, <laughs> the apostles were beaten for preaching the, the, the gospel, right? They now went back to go and pray. What was their prayer? How many of you can tell me? Do you remember all their prayer? Eh? Who can tell me? Yeah? Who? Boldness. He said, he said, pray that we preach the word of God with boldness. And through the hands of the apostles, signs, wonders, and miracles will be. They prayed for boldness. Boldness to do what? To do the very same thing they were flogged for. And when they, were, when they finished praying, the place was shaking. And they went out again preaching. And God was confirming the word signs. Let, let's be honest. Do you think, as I'm here now, 
Police now arrest me and now flog me. Then I come back. <laughs> do you think I'll pray for boldness? No, no, what do you think? You think I'll pray for even if I'm praying for boldness, you will say, Pastor, it's not like for, for them flogging you, God will flog them. I'm telling you, you will not even agree to, to do you understand? What I'm you will feel that I am too weak. Say, Lord, show them. Let then if I listen, listen, listen. I'm showing you Bible. If I come back on Sunday, I say, Do you know the police commissioner that flogged me last Sunday? He just died. He said, Wow, Papa, Papa, look at anointing, rugged anointing, acidic anointing. Who taught us this wickedness? That's not scriptures. That is not scriptures. But that's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate. Unfortunately, that's where we are in church today. That the proof that I'm a man of God is how many people die. So you hear me say, I saw a plane and the plane crashed. And then I'm showing that and showing how real my prophecy is. And I always just have one thing to say. I said, you know what? If any of your family member was on that crash, you will not use it to authenticate your prophetic office. You won't even have the heart. And this is what Christians like. Don't, isn't that what we like? People that will go to our father's house. Why are you leaving the pulpit to enter people's father's house? As I'm here now, I'm entering your father's house. What are you going there to? Are you a thief? Open Bible and teach. Open the word. Open Bible. Read Bible and teach. You have a book, 66 books. Explain it. Don't be going to people's father's house. And this is what we like. Adults throwing up all kinds of disorder. You know, it's saddening. It's, it's heartbreaking. To see that people that Jesus went on the cross for. And people make merchandise of them. And what is the problem you have? You can't get a job. If you learn the word of God, you will not only get a job, you will create jobs. And you see, the greatest battle against the Christian faith today is no longer the devil. It is wolves in sheep clothing who peddle the word of God for prophets and who will not teach the truth of God's word it's, it's diluting the word of God and child of God you have a responsibility to open that book again and start reading are you hearing what I'm saying pick up your spiritual life again and get committed to God all these ones that I'm in God but I don't do church you don't know Bible you are ignorant it's a statement of fools there is no God without the church. The church, Scripture says, what other Scripture says, the pillar and the ground of truth is the church of the living God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All these, I'm not into religion. I don't do religion. I just serve God in my heart. I mean, I leave all those things. You were wrongly taught. You can't serve God in your heart. It is in our offending you that you mature. How, how are we going to train you that you have long suffering? I will offend you. You will get angry. You will forgive me. You will offend me. I will, do you think even me, I don't want to leave the church? You think all the things that members have done to us, 
one day we will leave. There is a where is pastor? He says he has joined Redeem. Then you people will come, you people will come and beg me. Then I'll say, Well, I'm thinking of it. I just want to take them. Uh-huh. So you are not the only one who is offended. Even me, I'm offended. One day we will all just leave. Say, God, rest your say, all of us don't come out to. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is in our imperfection that we learn perfection. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like secondary school. There are students in SS3, there are students in GS1. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot say because a student in GS1 misbehave, you now leave the school. No. That child in the next three years will be in GS3. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We make room for growth in the body. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the restoration of truth and the restoration of your word. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you cause these truths to be ingrained in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.